Flannels and Jelly Spoons. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace, episode number 50. Ba-boom! Back for round two, Mr. Owen Finley. We are are uh, not expecting any grocery deliveries this evening. Not this late. But I love the Super Saiyan shirt. That's awesome. And thank you so much for joining me again. Absolutely. Uh, the, the episode that we recorded last time, I just posted that today. It just mm-hmm. went up. So, uh... I didn't mention the round two, but it worked out perfectly that, that we're, we're here today. So people are going to be really confused <laughs> with two Facebook Live videos and all the other stuff. But that's perfectly fine. Because last time was a comedy of errors. Before I jinx myself, I'm going to make sure all this shit's working. But um, for those of you that, uh, that, that have been caught up, I, uh, I just was not in... Ooh, I was scatterbrained. I was missing some fucking screws and bolts. <laughs> Some nuts, the whole nine yards. It's craziness, uh, and that caused us to end up end up cutting the whole thing short um, because I was just not with it mentally. But uh, you looking at that chicken? <laughs> ah, that became the still shot. That was one of the best things. And so we we but we mostly talked about music uh, because we only we only sat down for like a half hour for for that last episode. We didn't um, we didn't delve into a bunch of fabulous stuff. But since we are sitting in the midst of it, we sat in the midst of it on purpose, uh, and that is uh, what's left of rehearsals today. Yes. So, tell us all about for those of you who haven't caught it on the podcast yet. Well, Friday night at the Brickyard. June 29th. The Allman Brothers tribute, new band called Stand Back, and uh, it's John Milham on the drums, Lee Yankee and John Hart on guitar and singing, me on bass and Adam Cooper on uh, organ and all other keys, and also Jamal Watson on drums. Can't have Allman Brothers without two drummers. Yeah. But yeah, we, uh, we all got together today to run through the songs for the first time, and I'm like, I was excited already, now I'm really excited. Hearing it all together, it's, everyone's done their homework. It's nice. Be good. We're getting ready for everything's up because we're rehearsing tomorrow morning, which is unheard of. Morning rehearsal. Morning rehearsal, rehearsal as it is is unheard of. Morning rehearsal. <laughs> this is serious <laughs> business. Yes, it is. Zalman Brothers. Yes, but Brickyard. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Not sure. One of those times is when yeah. we'll be starting. Get so, there at nine, not get there ten. At nine. And that's Friday, June 29th. Precisely. For everyone marking calendars, please mark it accordingly. Fucking awesome. Uh, so, is there anything else you want to talk about music-wise before we delve into right where we... The question I was going to ask before we left off is is jumping right into the philosophy side of it. And we had talked a little bit about uh, the Batman nickname and, and how that's kind of carried through the community. But that leads to the bigger question of how how do you always have that smile? You know, how is it that you are always in such a good mood? And what uh, what, just, do, what do you think about to, to be in a great mood all the time? I don't know, that's not the best way to word that question, but... I mean, I try to be in a great mood all the time. And you're well known for that, and it's fucking awesome. Well, so we pay you a compliment, first off, because your attitude and, and just the way that you approach everything and being around you is, is fucking awesome. And uh, you always have great energy to go along with fucking badass bass licks. So that's something that, that a lot of people compliment you for, for not only being an incredible musician, but being a really cool, mellow dude. 
to hang out with. How do you, aside from being a Super Saiyan... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or one day I'll be a Super Saiyan. Man, it's... I just... First of all, I love what I do. Yeah. Um, I really... I, part of it is not being around people that get on your nerves. I mean, I have a lot of... I, I got a lot of people that I really enjoy being around. Um, and then, really, the other side is just... You know, people got so much going on in their lives. It's like they don't want to hear your, you know, they, they're looking to be brought up. You know, mm -hmm. so I just, if something's bothering me, I don't want to bring anybody else down with it. I just kind of, you know, I just good on you. Try, try to let everybody see the, you know, be, be the, you know, I want to be the person that brightens someone else's day up, not, yeah. you know, be the other way around. I don't want to be a bummer. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good lesson. I uh, I should do more of that. Sometimes you got to vent, you know. But, oh, yeah. but sometimes, you know, no one wants to hear bitching. Right. <laughs> it's just, you know. That's awesome. Well, it definitely shows in your playing because you're you're very laid back and relaxed. And that's uh, that's an awesome attitude to to have. Is that, does that come from your the music side of your brain? Or is that, have you always been that way? What, being? Just being super chill. I mean, and always having that smile blasted on your face. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I have, it's just, I don't know how I used to be, really. I just. That's fair. It's, I don't know if it's connected, really. Like, the whole being positive and then music. Like, I'm, when I'm playing music, I'm, 90% of the time, I'm enjoying it, you know. Sure. It's, it's what I'm here to do. It's what I love doing more than anything. Hell um, yeah. That, I guess that does carry over. I mean, it's it's what I get to do all the time. So, why wouldn't I be happy? And yeah, and I think you know, being in the moment and being surrounded. You know, like when we were talking about playing with uh, Big Jam Space Drivers and how much that's uh, about fun. Like the Almond Brothers Project. Mm -hmm. You know, as serious a, a business as it is, it's serious because it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. you know, that's um, that's very very cool. I'm stoked, man. I kind of hate that I wasn't here earlier for rehearsals. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I can hear it bouncing around in this room, and I just, I wish I'd, I'd been here live. That's fucking awesome. So what else has been going on with you? It's been like a week or so since we sat down. You made it out to... Uh, made it out to Denver. Yes. Tell us about that little soiree. That, um, I'll tell you what I can. <laughs> uh, even better. Yeah, even better. Um, yeah, we got there... Really no problem. Our flight was delayed a little bit, but mm -hmm. we got into Colorado maybe about 2 o'clock, 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, we got to Colorado Springs where we were staying at 3.30. We're up at 9, out the door at like 10 or 11. Um, got as much in as we could. We drove up to the place and uh, called Levitt Pavilion. And it's this huge amphitheater. Like, I can show you pictures of it. And everybody we talked to from Denver that, you know, they're like, yeah, we're playing this show out at Levitt Pavilion. They're like, we've never heard of that place. It's this, it's beautiful there, and what? nobody, nobody really knew what we were talking about. But <laughs> we got there. Everybody was super nice. Uh, all the staff, and you know, anything we needed, they were there for it. You know, there and th for that and more. Uh, the show went really well, um, especially considering how. Like, you know, we're all so, so busy, we could barely, we, we got in the rehearsing we could, which wasn't enough, and we made do, for yeah. sure. Um, 
But yeah, we uh, it was, it, we were kind of stressed getting back to the uh, airport to make our flight because there's only a little bit of time between. There was an hour drive to the airport from where we were, and there's only a little bit of time to like you know final note breaking down, getting our stuff, and getting out of there. We were yeah. uh, very tired by the end of the day, and so sure. it was a uh, you know being in Denver. It was a trip getting back to the airport on time, but we made it. It was it was awesome. That's I, great. Oh, uh, man. I'm I wish I could go there all the time. I'm just, surprised you just didn't like bail on a ticket and be like, we'll catch the next one. Uh, we had to make we had a gig, you know, had to oh, get yeah. back. But well, man, I, I I would have been there all the time. What'd you like about it? Um, I need to make it out there. I, I need to go check it out. Man, I, li- I lived in outside of, an hour outside of Denver for a year. Oh, yeah? When I was I was halfway through second grade when I moved out there, so it was like 99 to 2000, mm. I think. Um, Whoa. But second grade. Second to third grade. 99, 2000. Yeah, because 2001 I would have been in fourth grade, so I think, is that the right math? That's sink in for everybody? Catch that? Everybody feel all that needs to? All right, moving on. <laughs> um, but I, you know, being, I've only lived where I could remember in two places, and that's down in Alabama and up in Colorado. And it's so different, but I love both places. Like, I love the beach, and, you know, summer sucks. It gets way too hot. But it's yeah. beautiful here, but the mountains, it's just, I forgot how clear the air is. And just, it was, I mean, we got there too late, so we, you know, it's just black driving out there all at night. But, we we walked from where we stayed to eat breakfast and we walked around the corner and I turned around and it was like the mountains were there and I was just like, Oh, thank you God. Like oh that's that's what I loved about it the most. And you know, it was an hour drive back to um Denver through the through some mountains, so it was just yeah. I just you know I could I, it, the trip was worth that. Hell yeah. That's great, man. That sounds that reminds me of one of one of my only memory memories of playing Denver. We um we were pulling in to downtown or wherever it is that uh, Mile High Stadium was. And uh, that was the venue for the night. And so we rolled in, past the mountains and all that shit, beautiful sunset, Mile High Stadium. I was there for like almost five days, and that's the only thing I really remember. That view is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... It was awesome, and it's the air is so different too. And like Jonathan was there, and he was talking about how clear the air is, and I was kind of mocking him. I was like, "Yo, it's so much clearer. It's easier to breathe." And I went, <gasps> and it was like, "Ooh, <laughs> they filled up too quick." It's yeah. like, yeah, it's deep here. <laughs> well, altitude, water. yeah, and, and and being at altitude uh, makes that a different thing. What sure. is it? Uh, it's a lower pressure as you go up, or higher pressure. I can't remember. I'm no scientist. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> then, uh, we'll pretend to figure that one out. That's very cool, though, man. That's that's great that y'all got to run out there and run back. Uh, next time, stay longer so you can fill all of our orders At, when you come back. Right. <laughs> Not my tail, huh? <laughs> I don't stick my neck out for uh, nobody. It's, it's, no, no one should. No one should. Uh, if that the reason that's funny is because if you do stupid stuff like that, everyone around Colorado, all of those states are just looking to lynch people. Mm. Uh, it's not. It's not worth it. Kansas is just like, come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> they do. They do. It's absolutely ridiculous. I've talked to tons of people that say it's not. That have been through it and say they're just they're they're running racket. They're they're running racket. Mm-hmm. You know the same way they do in every tourist town. You know, that's their that's their one thing. 
guess so. it's probably comparable to the no. alcohol at the beach, just trying yeah. to get everybody down there. Mm-hmm. Which I think, I think underage drinking and smoking pot are two totally different things. So I think, you know, like catch. Anyway, you know. Well, I, the the ramifications of one are significantly worse than the other. You know, they're um, there's there's a whole lot of a lot of BS around that. I think the the way that laws get enforced in tourist towns is oftentimes uh, the opposite of lenient. You know, the the revenue streams that small communities try and make out of some of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to joke coming through Robertsdale when I would come over, drive over to the beach from Mobile to Gulf Shores, how it was all a tour. It's all speed traps through there. It was all speed traps. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nothing new. It's, um, I think all my tickets came from Somerdale. Uh, actually my first ticket was Silver Hill, which is the same thing. Uh, might as well be the same speed trap, but yeah. Yeah. They've, they've, they've tanned my hat a couple of times. I had to pay like $400 a day before I went to the Virgin Islands on a, on a uh, tour with Ryan a couple of years ago. It's like, I'll just take care of it before I leave. She's like, all right, well, there's my spending money. <laughs> Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i not a big fan of that, that nonsense. I like the I like the Andy Griffith version of law enforcement. Like They're so much nicer. Yeah, just real laid back. Like, all this, the dare, war on drugs stuff, has it's gotten out of control. The police officers being put in positions to go and round up and investigate and find bad people that's not what cops are for like cops are supposed to be Andy Griffith and they should have the opportunity to to be heroes that's the best explanation I've heard is that cops should never be put in a position to be anything less than a hero and when you call them in to be like the pointed end of the spear instead of coming to save the day it's a bad vibe yeah it's not what they're not what they're there for yes He's gone that way for a while. We had the door open all day, letting get to taking things in and out, so they all came in. Like it's hot. Your house it's is okay. cold. Damn flies. Yeah, anyway. Be careful in tourist towns. That's the moral of that story. Be responsible. Yes. And, always be uh, responsible. Yeah. Pay attention. And uh don't do stupid things and you, you normally will will be okay. Rules for life. For the most part. So what else is going on in the big wide world? We talked about music last time, so I don't I don't want to drill you on any of the band stuff. Dude, what talk um, music for days? You never have to apologize. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to. Um, I didn't have any grand designs on where to steer the plan. I wanted to. Wanted to hear you talk about about the music that you love and some of the stuff that you love doing. But before I let you get off on it, the surfboards. Did you grow up here in Pensacola? Or, I did not. Or I, Alabama? Grew, I grew up in Alabama. Um, Foley, I lived in Foley. I lived in Silver okay. Hill. I lived in Loxley when I was real little. Gotcha. But, but you've been around the water for a long time. Oh, so surfing yes. is probably not a new thing for you. Surfing was, it's, you wouldn't, you'd think it was. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that, Telling on yourself, that makes a good <laughs> no, story. No, dude, I'm not, uh, I ain't no poser. I'll let you know how bad I am. Um, <laughs> But that big board is my dad's, and that, we were talking about that board yesterday, I think. But the little one, the little Steeler, I've had since I was seven. Oh, cool. my dad's from uh, the beach out in California. Like mm. he's from, he was born, he lived in Bakersfield, and uh, 
he's he, you know all the different suburbs of Los Angeles and all that. But he like he surfed like we played music. That was his passion. That's what what he lived for. Um, so he he would go surfing a lot when I was little, and uh, he's not the most patient man. So he he didn't really give us a lot of you know. Uh, he didn't give us lessons or anything, but I eventually, like my uh, one of my best friends, Ethan, was a surfer, and he would take us out, and he would give me like pointers and stuff. Cool. But yeah, so that's what those are about. Nice. I still haven't. I think I've gone surfing twice since I've lived in Pensacola, and I lived. Uh, Adam surfs all the time. And I, yeah. I lived with him, which is kind of funny. He didn't have no patience either. <laughs> He's like, come on, get, like, out, get out of my way. Keep up or get out of the way. Yeah. Mm. I would love to surf, but I uh, I heard that the sea lice are back, and uh, I just don't like shit like that. What is that? Like sea lice? Yeah, they call it sea lice. It's not lice at all. Okay. It's actually uh, tiny jellyfish, baby jellyfish. Do they sing? Uh, yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, and so if they get caught in between your shirt and your skin, and they get scared or whatever, they get squished, then they'll they'll sting you. Man, jellyfish um, are terrible. Not, no. You can see them. They get so bad sometimes you'll see the wave come up and it's just nothing but jellyfish in the wave. Oh. Yeah. Gives you the heebie-jeebies. Oh. And some of those things so can kill you. you. Yeah. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. a bunch of them can kill you. Like, if you're allergic to them and stuff. I'm not. Thank God. <laughs> Still, no. Catch some of those in your shorts. Try swimming in a kilt. Mmm. No. Way less protection. I bet it feels great if you don't have to worry about anything. Yes, unfortunately, in the ocean, you have to worry about everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Nightmares. Mother Nightmares. nature. Bad. Yeah, bad. Coming bad, for you. <laughs> bad thoughts. Ooh, horrific. Horrific. Press this button real quick. Oh, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, a little restart. Uh, yeah, the camera only records in like 25 minute chunks. And so it um, it makes it easier to break it up. Work. Uh, but yeah, the the weather in so growing up in Foley, th- this is something that's concerned me lately. And uh, being a local guy, the the temperature in the Gulf, I don't ever remember it being this warm, the water being this warm for this long before. What? It seems it seems weirdly different. The last couple of years, but I haven't lived down here for a long time, so so I'm still getting used to it. Does the weather seem seem pretty normal to you, or does it seem like it's it's being weirder than usual? I mean, it's definitely hotter. Like I feel like every year, whenever it gets like it reaches its hottest, I feel like it's hotter every year. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the stats say, but that's what it that's what it feels like. Um, I don't know. I. I the, all the years run together, but did, we didn't have a lot of hurricanes. We did. This area didn't get too many hurricanes last year, did they? No. I know. I remember there were some bad ones like Harvey and yeah, all that, but they were more to the east, more to the east of us. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like we're overdue. Yeah. Like I, growing up in Mobile, I'm. I just missed Frederick in '79, and then I remember Ivan in 2004. And that was the last one to hit our little section. Well, Katrina did, but Katrina didn't tear us up like Ivan did. Ivan was right, the biggest right. one in my memory because Ivan... Uh, Direct hit. Yeah, I, we, 
See, my dad worked at as the executive chef at Westminster Village in Spanish Fort, he, mm. which is a retirement center. And uh, whenever hurricanes would come by that were bad enough, me and all my family would go and stay there. Because mm, he, you know, yeah. he still had to work, and my mom would get in the kitchen and help out. Um, but I remember Ivan, because we came home, and there was a tree on our house. Like, it knocked a big tree, and... You walk down the hallway and you look into my parents' room and you can see a branch like sticking out of the closet. Okay. So that like that really affected us. Like I remember trees down and, you know, yards getting all tore up, but that's the only hurricane I can remember that really dealt us any damage. And it like knocked the house off its foundation. We had rats. Like you'd think they were possum. They were so big. Whoa. Uh, our, yeah. That house. We called it ground zero because the <laughs> The floor fell in in the living room. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was like there was enough room for the computer, the TV, my dad's sound system, his recliner, and then there were like wooden blocks holding up plywood. You couldn't come in the front door. Oh, wow. Yep, and that was Ivan. Man. Ivan and all that. Man. But I remember growing up with, I remember, uh, was Andrew the one in the early 90s? I remember Andrew because we stayed at my church that year. And I remember Danny because of how much it rained. Yeah. I remember being out in the water up to like here. Wow. Man, I was in Cincinnati when I even hit, so I was not not down here for that. I I, I just saw saw pictures for months. I didn't get down here until months afterwards. Craziness. Mm-hmm. Just sunk. Like, was it a sinkhole or was it? I, the living room just collapsed. It just collapsed. kind of fell out from the inside out. Like, what? say, visualize here. Say that's the front door, right? Yeah, yeah. That window. Yeah. My dad's chair would have been right there. Mm-hmm. The TV would have been right there, and the computer would have been where that desk is. And just like you had the, it was like a square room with a big circle in it. Like all the tile had just kind of fallen in, and we had two big pieces of plywood that just kind of. Where you could walk by if you needed to. Our, uh, man, the piano fell through. We had a piano there. Oh, that's that's no. that's. I think that's what caused it. Now our. So a lot of pressure. Yep. And the piano just sunk it. And I, my mom was telling the story the other day, like we they were trying to move it, and the piano fell, and it like pinned her hand to the wall. <gasps> like just. Ugh. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Gruesome. Yeah. Gruesomeness. Man. Hurricanes. They don't have hurricanes in Colorado. No. They got hella tornadoes, but they ain't got hurricanes. They do have tornadoes? Oh, yeah, it's Tornado Alley. It's not, yeah, not as many. It's true. a little, like Kansas is the, mm-hmm. where a lot of them are. But. Man, oh, man, man. That's okay. Yosemite's going to blow up soon, and everybody's going to be fucked. Oh, yeah. Well. Do you hear I, about the Hawaiian volcanoes getting worse? Like, it's going to blow. It's expected to blow like Mount St. Helens did. Really? Yeah. Like, they're evacuating a bunch of people. It's been... They're getting nervous. They're getting real nervous. I keep waiting on the reports to come out that the whole that whole corner of the island's just blown off. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I I really don't follow the news a whole lot ever since Facebook changed its its app. Because yeah. I used to. That's how I. Terrible. I'm, I'm such a sheep. But I used to, <laughs> like you know, you used to do the search bar on Facebook and like news would come up. Yeah. Like every morning, I'd just be like, "Are we under attack? Something blew up. What's right? Who's who's dying today? <laughs> what are we panicked about yeah, today? Exactly." And, uh, but yeah, that's seeing videos of that and it's, it's 
you know, it gets my eyes open. Yeah. Like, that's something's wrong, you know. It's scary. The it's, earth is mad. It's, it's letting scary. us know. Well, and when you look at it in in big enough pictures, it's one of the things that really bugs me about my education, you know. I um the things that we just didn't know about history until recently because people were lazy assholes and not intentionally hid information, but just didn't do diligent science and and a bunch of history fell by the wayside. That irks the shit out of me because there's so much that pins on you knowing how we got to a certain point to make a good judgment on it. And when you just don't have a ton of information, how the hell is anybody supposed to make a good judgment? And there's so much, there's just so much that I was not told as a child that Assholes! <laughs> like you knew, you knew, and you didn't tell us. Oh, anyway, that frustrates the shit out of me. So you're a couple of years older than me. I, I assume it just gets worse as you get older. It does. Okay. Yeah. The more, like the, because it's experience. I think the more of the picture you can see, the more it becomes clear that even the adults don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Like it's fucking chaos all over the place, and it's. It's so much of a con. Like, there's so much of this manufactured crisis over the dollar, which is just imaginary. You know, and granted, there are economical institutions built on all that stuff, but that's, that's not hugging your kids, you know? <laughs> like, money is not... It's not what people cling to in, in their final moments. Hopefully that's where humanity's going, though. I don't know what your thoughts on, on this, the, the future of humanity look like with artificial intelligence and if you ever do the, the thought experiments of where we're going. Like, universal basic income is one that's come up for, um, for like, the changing of the landscape. There is a candidate for president in 2020 that's seriously advocating a universal basic income. Like that's unheard of. A universal universal basic income, which would basic, which means that every uh, everyone would be eligible to receive a thousand dollars a month. So it would supplement your income, and uh, so you get to a point where you don't need it. Is it like a need? Yeah, um, I'm sure that that there there are nuances to it, but it would basically. Uh, the idea is that when millions of truckers lose their jobs due to automation, and when automation becomes so prevalent that that it endangers a, a large percentage of the workforce, then it would be easier for people to survive if they had this $1,000 of basic income to cover food, shelter, uh, you know, the basic needs. And so it would make it easier for people to achieve upward mobility socioeconomically. Uh, it would make poverty uh, much less of a thing. Um, and there are plenty of pros and cons to be debated on both sides of it, but uh, it's serious Gene Rottenberry Star Trek stuff. Like it's very egalitarian, utopian philosophy. Whether or not it can be pulled off and this dude's going to get elected, who knows. But... The fact that someone is seriously floating it and, uh, and making a real stab at it is interesting. And what's even more interesting is that 
It's really not. I said a minute ago that it's new and that it's never been done before, but it's straight out of the 70s and 60s and 70s. It's not that new, which gets us back to how ill-informed my teachers were, because nobody told me that. Ah, anyway. Hey, raw. Politics. <laughs> yeah, who knows. My, my biggest thing with before we move on is the, the corporations. I don't like seeing corporations mistreat people. That's really unfortunate. I don't like seeing people get mistreated. Yeah. We can do better than that. We can do better. It's not hard to treat people nice. No. Like, think about the first thing you think about. Would I be upset if I did this to myself? Like, right. if someone did this to me, would it affect me negatively? Exactly. If the answer is yes, then... Don't do it. Maybe don't do it. Just maybe. Maybe don't do that. Oh, there's... Don't do it. <laughs> so I'm looking at the phone like that's where... I'm... I know, it gets distracting. But, uh... You can see people's comments, like, minutes after they come through. Work. It's all out of time. It's pretty interesting. It's it's a question I ask myself on a regular basis. Like if we, if we quit trying to make the sequel to Spaceballs, and just did some good in the world, uh, just within our own borders, like seriously focused on, just making our country the best place possible. What would what could that look like? And for the, for a world superpower, you know this shining city on a hill that the United States is supposed to be. Why can't we get there? Like, why are we so far from there? Blows me away. I think the least you could do is just do it on a, like, like, what's the word I'm trying to use? Like, just do that in your own personal, Mm -hmm. like, just every day. Mm -hmm. Be the good. Like, do what's right. Mm -hmm. Don't be a dick. Just, yeah, that one. That's my favorite. Don't be a dick. And maybe somebody will catch on and be like... Did you see the latest uh, the latest version of dick? Uh, what is what is it? Something patty. Uh, the lady calls the cops on this little eight-year-old for selling bottles of water. So instead of barbecue Becky, it's... Uh, yeah. They got her on film. The video's viral. The, the whole nine yards. Yeah, it's a new one. I haven't heard about yeah, that. Yeah, it just came out. It's uh, it's horrible. Some, some lady trying to weaponize the police. <laughs> How did we get to that point? We need more Andy Griffiths. So Andy could just be like, "What? What's? What's the? Can you imagine if Andy Griffiths showed up in all in most of these nine one one calls these days?" <laughs> just be like, "Let's let's think about this here." <laughs> ah, oh man! Just let everyone feel real bad about what they've done. Barney Fife standing there trying to write somebody a ticket for barbecuing in their own yard and Andy Griffith has to show up and go, well now that's not right. <laughs> and like explain the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. That's what this country's missing. We need more Andy Griffith. Exactly. I saw on Twitter there's this thing called Modern Day Seinfeld and it's like mm-hmm. the just situations, it's not like scenes but just situations that the characters would be in if it was like modern, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. pop culture. They need one of those for Andy Griffith. Like modern day oh. Andy Griffith. That'd be so good. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> think of how many people would still be alive if Andy Griffith had just shown up and... So many. You, know, you don't have to choke him. No, listen. <laughs> yeah. Just, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is anybody hurt? Is anybody bleeding? I'll give him. Give back what you took. <laughs> uh, I can always remember Andy just sitting Opie down and, and 
Like, I was always Opie. I was, you know, the impatient kid. But uh, now I've, I'll be 40. I'll be 38 in July. So I'll be 40 soon, and I find myself all the time being the old guy. And I'm like, get off my lawn! <laughs> but really just wanted to sit back and go, just wait a minute. Like, let's just wait a minute and see what happens. Like, we don't have to punch anybody yet. Let's just wait a minute and see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe you won't. Jeez. I never thought I would be the, uh... But here I am. Hmm. So goes the ship. So goes the ship. I, I've been curious about finding some, some more things to, uh, to do in the community. I've seen some people doing some interesting venue things, but I'm curious to ask you as a musician, do you think that there's going to be this resurgence of uh, concerts in small venues? So like 30, 40 seat venues selling tickets for smaller shows. Like think back to the beginnings of punk maybe, or... Um, I think that would be the right genre. A lot of basement shows, a lot of stuff like that. Is there is there anything like that on the horizon for coming back around in the music scene, or is or is music in the bar scene so strictly tied together? I guess. I think live music and drinks have probably. I mean, I don't, I don't know how long bars have been having live music, but I mean, live music and drinks, all kind of. It's kind of synonymous, really. Um, so it's. I think that's always been there. There. I don't know if there's going to be a resurgence. I personally would love to see a resurgence. I don't. I, you know, it depends on. To me, it's a money thing. I think it all. A lot of it is a money thing because you could have. You know, who doesn't want to go see three bands in a night and play the best? You know, yeah. best hour of music that they have. Yeah. Like. That's awesome, but can Fuck you afford, yeah. you know, if you have an eight-piece band, then you have a three-piece band and a five-piece band, that's what, eight, three, and five. Yeah. Eight, 16? If everybody gets at least $100 a man, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of money for a bar, bartender to put out for, you know, say Friday and Saturday, two nights a week. Yeah. They have to be, they have to sell a, you know, sell tickets at the door. And do people want to buy tickets? You know, that's and it's that's a thing that people have to like. I don't know what it is about the consumer, mm-hmm. but a cover charge like five dollars for a cover, and five dollars for a you know on a normal night and five dollars for a ticket. That's like they don't they they can't they don't see that it's just the same five dollars. It's like when you you know tip the band, like you could put ten dollars in the bucket or you could spend thirty dollars getting everybody a shot. Mm-hmm. And some bands would rather have the shot, you know. Yeah. I've sometimes I would rather have the shot. <laughs> a lot of the times I'd rather have the ten dollars in the bucket, you know, because that. But yeah. there's a lot. I think there's a lot that has to happen, for that to make a resurgence. Yeah. Do I know if it's if that's what's happening? I really don't. But I would love to see it happen. Me too. Me and too. it's also you know what what is a s- small venue? What's the difference between a small venue and a bar? You know like. Is Chizuko in the Brickyard the same kind of thing? Or like, you know, vinyl and the handlebar and flounders uh, and the break? I'm going to go with with no, because what I've got in mind is something more along the lines of a theater. So uh, the vinyl being the exception there, um, the easiest way for me to describe it is no bar stools. 
So, so uh, vinyl, vinyl is the exception. Well, I don't I don't hang out in vinyl much, but it's I don't like know. It's like the Soul if, Kitchen, just on a, it's just a smaller, like they you know they have bar stools in the back, just like Soul Kitchen does. Yeah, but so that would work. That that's their version of more towards a music venue, more standing room. I'm thinking more of a lounge, like sitting room only, sitting down yeah. and watching a show. Yeah. Now that now you're talking. I got yeah. we got to like do Bluebird like, Cafe, listening room stuff like that. People do something like that, right? I, I don't know where that is. Sorry. But no. like the listening room, even. I haven't been there, so I'm really? not sure. That's what I'm asking. It seems like someplace you'd frequent. No, the listening. I like every show I've seen at the listening room. They don't typically put on, you know, it's more songwriter kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. that's I don't really go and see those. I'll do respect to those people. I got friends that do those. Yeah. Um, but uh, no theaters. We did one in Fort Walton, and I cannot remember the name of the theater, but it's right there on the main strip going through it mm-hmm. um, for a festival. That again, I cannot remember, but it was a Hotel Oscar show, and that is one of my favorite shows that I've done. Dave Shaw from the Revivalist did a solo show there, after, like soon afterwards. But that's you know, like the Imogene too. Have you ever seen a show at the Imogene? No. What's okay. that like? I've seen that. It come up. It's like, it's kind of like a theater. I mean, it's you, they put out tables and chairs and stuff. You know, it's not yeah. like theater, like cushy seatings that go down and stuff. But um, John Hart put on two different shows there at two different times with a bunch of bands and it was actually kind of like what we're talking about it was um tyler mack band played and then john hart project played and then there was just this big jam at the end and we had like extra people coming and sitting in like a bunch of bass players sat in a bunch of guitar players and that is like those are some of my favorite shows cool just anything where i can where like you know, my band can play and my buddy's band can play and maybe some people have no idea i get to hear them play yeah you know but that's the imaging theater. I'm glad you mentioned that one. That's one that that I should look into. Um, a friend of mine mentioned the little theater down in the little loop theater down in Pensacola. I'm not familiar with that one. This I played the little theater too. That's a that's a cool venue. I yeah. did that with um, Shotzi and the Screen Boffin. I don't know them. They are. You know Ben Parsons, you. the guitar player. Uh, that name sounds familiar. I think we've met. Gotcha. Yeah. They're uh, they're from. Milton, they all, and I met him out on, uh, they live in Santa Rosa Beach now, but it's uh, Danica Lowry is a guitar player and singer, and Ben Parsons is her brother. He's a guitar okay. player and singer, and both very talented people. Danica is one of my favorite singers. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a good guitar player, and they're both right, really good songs. Um, ben is, he's, he's nasty. He's nice. real nasty, yeah. Um, even in like the short, the few years I've known him, he is just... He'll he'll cut you now. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll take your head clean off your shoulders. Nice. Um, and but that's I played the little theater with them and the Rips opened up, which is Mike Ingram's old band. Um, but yeah, theater shows are hmm. the tits. That's uh, I need to look back into that. Do those do either of those places ever do a lounge setup or does the imaging just do straight? Anyway, imaging uh, probably do whatever you. Whatever you can book there. Yeah. They seem pretty open. That's cool. They've got uh, Ben Bailey from Cash Cab. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's going to be up there soon. He's an incredible stand-up. I remember thinking his stand-up was kind of weird, but pretty funny when I saw it a while back. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen any of his stuff, too. Years. I like Cash Cab. Sometimes you see people in one setting, and then you see their stand-up, and you're like, 
Right. <laughs> Joe Rogan different was like that. thing. Really? I, I well, the first time I saw like his old stand up, I was like, Joe, you are terrible. Don't, <laughs> why do you do stand up? Which I'm kind of picky with stand up. And then I saw this newest one because I started listening to his podcast, which mm-hmm. his podcasts are awesome. Mm-hmm. And his uh, the newest one he just put out, I thought was pretty funny. Which, so he which kind of turned triggered. I, I think so. The one where he gets up on the stool. He it starts off about smoking weed and talking to dolphins. Yeah. I think he does get up on a stool. At the, yeah, at the end. I he mean, does the Bruce Jenner bit. Yes! Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's triggered. Uh, he's got another one coming out soon. Yeah, Joe, somebody said about Joe Rogan, I think it was Dave Chappelle, or a true monster in comedy, like a legend, said uh, that Joe was the the only comedian to ever will himself into being funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's not coming from me. This is coming from, from a prestigious comedian, but that's... That's how much respect he's got in, in the comedy community. Is I mean, that he, he has manifested all the stuff that, that he has done. And it's funny that you put it that way because it kind of reinforces that he's I, come a long <laughs> way. Yeah, I, and I was like, I, I was just like, golly, just not, he is not funny. Why is he? But to be fair, I'd pay good money to, to, to be early, you know, early couple of specials funny. Like, that's still top 1% funny right. uh, he's made it as incredible he's made yeah. it as a comedian well now we're in your ballpark tell me about your comedians that you yeah. like because <laughs> I, I used to I haven't in a long time but I used to just come home and you know get in my get in my zone and just put on some stand up and I just watch stand up all the time drove Taylor crazy how much stand up I watch because she's like I listen to people talk all day I don't want to listen to people talk at home I'm like, but, but it's fun it's fun he's funny so the the comedy for me begins first. I'll say I was listening to to two incredible comedians earlier today, Ari Shafir on Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> nice. So that's that's how deep into into comedy I am. But I got into comedy and have always been a comedy fan. One because my parents exposed me to it when I was really young, um, and it was somewhat of an entree in, for me into philosophy, and then. When I was old enough to get my hands on History of the World Part 1, uh, Mel Brooks, and he does that line of, I'm a stand-up philosopher, I had been a Carlin fan already, and so to hear him say that as a student of philosophy and, and a fan of comedy just solidified, solidified for me how significant comedy could be you know, when wielded properly. And so I've always had a huge admiration for it and that's what pushed me into being a public speaker and studying rhetoric and communication and how I became a people person and being good at reading people and got me through the casino industry and all that good stuff but I had never tried stand-up because that's a different thing like being on the spot I can get up and speak extemporaneously but that's just imparting information that's because I know shit Mm -hmm. it's not because I'm funny so I got up for the first time less than a year ago at an open mic and uh, yeah I've been working at being funnier ever since did you bomb your first time? no uh, I didn't bomb I did okay because because of my understanding and appreciation I knew somewhat that I needed to to be prepared I knew that this was not an off the cuff thing like I, I I had a pretty good idea what I was getting into so I had prepared a bit had had some good components to it and I uh, had a strong close 
And uh, so I did, I did okay my first set. I got a few compliments, which was way better than could be expected. Yeah, I've, I feel for comedians a lot. Like as a, it's, you know, I, it's funny looking at things as, and realizing that it's as much an art form as what you do. Like being a chef, being a comedian, being yeah. a musician. It's like, you know, it's an art and you deliver this to people. And mm-hmm. it's like, if they don't, if you don't get the response that even close to like a response that what makes you feel a little good, yeah. it can be like... Like, I can't imagine going up on stage with the only, like, only thing you're supposed to do is make these people laugh, and nothing lands. Like, I would be this small. I'd just be like, take a good night and just kind of crawl out the door. Yes. <laughs> just... I have done that. I have, I have been that person. It's, um, yeah, bombing sucks, but it's, um, it's a lesson. It's a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, when I started... When I first got up to, to do an open mic, I came at it from the standpoint of, okay, I know I'm not a comedian. I want to learn how to be a comedian. And so I went back and applied just the way that I learned things to all the comedy that I'd ever watched and tried to look at it from a how, understanding how it's constructed, understanding how to put my voice with some of these common formulas that, that make a good joke, um, you know, finding out where the turn is and, and how to flip something and just the basics of comedy you know I set to learning all that stuff and it's not easy like it's uh and that's one of the things that makes it so much fun though because you get the chance to go up there and either screw it up or uh or have a killer night you know Mm -hmm. and it's fun when uh when you get a good laugh when when you get uh when you get a good response I've gotten a couple of good laughs I I've I've still got so much to learn so much to learn, but I've gotten a couple of good laughs, and it's fucking addictive. Mm-hmm. It's really addictive. Thinking about it now, too, the creative side of it's really tougher than being a musician because being a musician, like the point is to steal from people, like you know, mm-hmm. like this is ooh, I, I like that lick that so and so just played, and you like play it, and you play it at your next show, and they're like, hey, that sounded good. You can't do that with comedy. You have to, yeah. you have to be, because that's something that I've read about a little bit when I was getting into stand-up and just, like, just mm-hmm. just reading, you know, while I'm watching the show is people that, how serious it is to steal jokes. Yeah. And, like, little stolen bits. And it, you find out, like, Robin Williams was a notorious joke stealer. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, it's, he's he was, if you don't know about that, he was amazing, fantastic actor, sure. great movies, sad ending, but he stole jokes. Yep. And that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I think the reason for that is because a joke only ever gets one first laugh. And you never get a better first you never get a better laugh than the first laugh. And so a joke is only really good one time. And so it's one of the reasons that Carlin was so influential when he started uh, recording those hour specials on HBO and doing a new one every year. That's a that's a bar that just blows people out of the water. You know, even Ari and Joe were talking today about how there were comedians that were doing their same 45 minute set from years ago. Like that versus Carlin doing a fresh hour every year are two different planets. You know, like that's not even the same comedy world. And, and so where we've come since then, and it's even easier to, to get comedy out there now that it's so much easier to have material that's just gone and, and no good, even if somebody doesn't steal it. Mm. So when somebody takes that, you know, 
take something that you only get one of. Like, I, uh, yeah, that was my bastard. Yeah, yeah, he took that from me. But I am. Um, Louis the same way though. He, I, he, right? He wouldn't. He would only tour if he had. Well, he never used the same material. It was the same. Yeah, most comics now won't put out the same material twice. Like, uh, and they all have their own own process. I've gone through and listened to everybody that will talk about it talk about what their different processes for putting something together and um, uh, I was listening to Anthony Jesselneck had a, a really funny. yeah he's really funny I was listening to him explaining the his method for putting together a show and he says he'll take a year and he'll he'll write something and, and he'll go through and write stuff and build build and build and build and write and write and write and at the end of that year he'll hope to have parred down to a solid whatever he wants to record to get to his special, you know, who saying he'll record a little bit over, but, uh, then he'll, he'll take the second year and he will take that one show on on the road, pound the crap out of it. And then the third year, take it to the big theaters and show off like, Hey, look at this thing that I've done, but that's still two years. Top of the top expert of the expert, badass of the badass. And Jesselneck still takes two years to get his material to the point where he's like, I'm going to watch this, bitches. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's impressive. Like, because that's, that's an album, you know. And there are... That's something that to get to swing it back to the music side, I think the industry did a big disservice to a lot of musicians by, you know, you get a, a lifetime to write your first album, but the second one you're writing under the gun because you've got a time frame mm-hmm. to, to, to crunch. And so not, pe- not a lot of people can make that transition. But... Coming up with that much of material is, and then delivering it. Comedy is amazing. It's an amazing thing. One of the things I like about it is because it's the last bastion of the highest echelon of spoken word. You know, there is, there is nothing more challenging than, uh, than doing it. And I've heard people talk about for so long how difficult it is and how, and that motivated me to be like, all right. Time to go learn how to do something really fucking hard. And I miss performing, you know, working with you guys for so long and not getting to be on stage all the time. I missed it, you know. It's, it's like, a, little bit of, a little bit more hard deflated when you're like, hey, I'm not there anymore. I'm like, no. <laughs> Who's the MC now? Oh, I don't know. Who, do you know who it is? I don't play the Bama enough anymore. I don't know who's who does all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Played a real fun Tuesday the other day. <laughs> that was cool. We got man, I got we got to go weird and they stuck around. Good. That's awesome. I was playing space sounds on my bass and yelling on the mic to join the space force. <laughs> I looked up and there were people still dancing somehow. <laughs> nice. Like at the Bama on a Tuesday? Neato. We should all join space balls. Sorry, YouTube, if you missed part of that, deal with it. Listen to the uh audio yeah go back and listen to it that's what happens sometimes it'll just stop recording and it should give me a little warning but it doesn't so it's annoying oh well that's me rambling on about comedy but it's uh it's been a lot of fun um i have uh in the just in the short time that i've been doing it have gotten the opportunity to host a bunch of open mics over in Mobile, which is just an awesome opportunity. Yeah, you kind of got them all in the in the ringer now. Yeah, well, I came along at the right time. There were, you know, everything goes in ups and downs, and this is kind of a, a down cycle for, for comedy in Mobile, and so I got in at, at, at the right time to, to be able to do that. And I got 
got in with just great group of people, you know, the Pensacola comedy scene through Back Porch Comedy and uh, Dead Beats of Comedy and everything that's going on in Panama City and um, just a great scene here, plus everybody over in Mobile at the Blind Mule and doing everything there. Uh, it's kind of a privilege to, to be like, all right, so you better get good fast. We'll be back in a minute because <laughs> there's, uh, there's always so much going on. It's awesome. It's uh, it's really cool. It's more of a learning opportunity, and I try and go at it from that standpoint. Like, what can I learn? How can I get in here, and what can I learn today, so that hopefully I can get out on the road and start recording my own stuff sooner or later. Right. Whenever that comes. <laughs> yeah. Around. But to be this far, not even a year in, I am. Um, it makes me happy. It's you know how it is. It's fun when you find something that's fun and compelling and difficult that you want to get better at and keeps the brain occupied which is awesome so who do you like comedy wise well i'm trying to think of who sadly enough i really like louis ck I that's thought, not sadly i mean well he kind of turned out to be a little bit more of a weirdo than people thought he act you know comedians well, yeah can be <laughs> artists right um, he he, I knew he was, you know. Creepy, horrible asshole. Don't do shit like that for sure. But he wrote good jokes too. Oh yeah, and his show was great. No. Um, his, it's just you, you, you're really not surprised when you. He's like, oh, he's that no. weird. I mean, if you watch his show, you're There's, definitely like, yeah, he's a little. Yeah. Something. Where do you think he came up with the bit? Men are the worst thing to ever happen to women. Because he is. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of truth in some of the darkest comedy out there. That's. So, That's what comedy is. Horrible and, truths. <laughs> you know, and, and before all that stuff came out, I uh, I was a big Louis C.K. fan too. When when he came out with his last special, before all that came out, uh, I looked at him as the the philosopher king. You know, top of the world. Yeah. He was the dude. But then when you when you hear that it's been going on for so, that was the the heartbreaking part for me, was that it wasn't new information. Like it had happened and had been happening. Then you're just like that's the sad part about all of it is it's like so like how many people knew how many people yeah. could have stopped this like a long time ago. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, Louis C.K. is funny to me. Um, man, if you could ask me a couple months ago, I would have been able to tell you. But I like Anthony Jeselnik. I'm trying to think of all the ones I've seen on Netflix. Richard Pryor. I've really oh, liked some yeah. of Richard Pryor's stuff. He legend. Yeah, he's if you some of I've seen like the stuff like the really, you know the stuff everybody's seen. And I've seen yeah. there's like a bootleg special or something on Netflix right now that is just, like I'm pretty desensitized by this point. But some of the stuff this little Baptist boy is just like <laughs> I can't listen to this much longer. It's just it is nasty. Uh, but so man, he's good. hilarious. I'll George Harlan. I was like, I really got into George Carlin. I was, you know, he's, again, being a Baptist boy, some of the stuff he says is a little like, eh, but he just, he just lays it down, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, that's so good. Bill Hicks. I really think Bill Hicks is, is something special. Really? Yeah. Again, being a Baptist boy, you wouldn't think so. Yeah, and, that's you why know, it's surprising. I just, man, you can't, you can't just, you're going to, being a Christian, you're going to hear that, you know, no yeah. matter, and you either get mad about it or you're just like, people think that, I think the way I think, and that's how he thinks, and that's sure. how it's going to be, but he's just, oh, he is so funny, like how absurd he would get, like, you know, he would just be so yeah. over the top, and you're yeah. like, how much longer is he going to scream, and he just 
longer than you think. Like when he does the demon. <laughs> it's like, imagine being there and you're just like, this dude is insane. But he's, yep. he's just, he is... Like, I want to play music like Bill Hicks does comedy. I want to be just like, I don't know, just blowing people away. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, you know, he might be my favorite. Yeah. He, uh, the, all the specials I've seen, and I've actually watched some documentaries on him too, not just specials. Um, Have you seen the clip where uh, his mom goes on David Letterman? And they air the interview that they didn't air yeah. back in the day. Mm -hmm. That's pretty touching. Yeah. Like even Letterman's like, I don't. Why didn't they let that go? He didn't yeah. say anything bad. Yeah. That was that was pretty pretty touching. Hicks has always been a uh, an anomaly for me because I really enjoy that style, but I don't have the confidence that Bill Hicks had to pull it off on stage. Like I, mean, I get on. That's why he was an addict. It's possible. Yeah. But I mean, eventually, you know, he got over it and it just sure. became sheer confidence. Yeah. I just can't do that. Like, uh, I've had a set turn into a TED Talk and it's not, like, it's not, <laughs> it's not funny. People don't like it and it's awkward. It's not, it's not good. Um, but someone, someone made a really good point. They, they said that uh, he was less of a comic than he was a poet. You know, he's got that one, that one moment where he leans off the stage and it's like, because I'm a fucking poet, lady. <laughs> See, stuff like that is... Yeah. He, uh... His, it's just a ride closer. Mm -hmm. That's like a get great off closer. God damn. So who has... Think of a better closer than that. You, Stan Hope. Stan Hope's closer. Okay. You know, <laughs> I really like Doug Stan Hope. Don't, Mom, don't listen to any of these comedians. <laughs> um, yeah, he's okay. another guy that's just radical. Like, yeah. it's, that's what I, I appreciate, you know. You, you, there are some comedians I don't like just because they're just, like, I don't like Jim Jeffries. People think yeah. he is hysterical. I think he's an asshole. I just don't. Which comedian, you know, he's a comedian, blah, blah, blah. Stanhope is, too, but he's, like, he's, he's right there at the edge of just this dude is hysterical. Yeah. Just the, his bit about uh, his mom committing suicide yeah. and, like, you know, it's uh Statute of limitations, three years. <laughs> just, so, yeah. so fucked up, but so good. The the bit I was thinking of was the Shamu bit, the uh, the Sea World thing. I can't think of that one right now. He, uh, I don't want to give too much of it away, but I think the premise is he wants to come up with a closer, like the best closer possible. And he draws the comparison between all the the Sea World stuff. Gotcha. I won't I won't give any more of it away. <laughs> his was his closer the one about the football player? Wasn't that his closer on that one special, or was it his mom? I can't remember if that was his different two specials. I can't talk I'll about have, that. I have one. to go back. It's, it's it's nasty. And look. Just wanted to hear it live. <laughs> Taylor's coming to check on us. Um, um, I just thought of another comedian that I really like too. Who's that? I just I can't remember what it was. It was right here. Now it's gone. I got into Just for Laughs recently, the Montreal series. Like the they do this they do a big thing where everybody gets up and does five or ten minutes. Everybody's done it. Like it's one of the big staples. And um, I was watching Marin on there, but Hannibal like Burris. I've tried you know, to like. Who Mark Marin or no? Oh yeah, she doesn't like. Oh, I don't like stand up anyway. Yeah, that's what. Like I hate listening to people talk. And I'd come home from work and I'd be like, 
I've literally been talking to people all day, and now you want me to sit here and listen to this guy talk about how funny he is. Like, yeah. Like, okay. Hannibal, I think I've tried to watch Hannibal Burris before. I've, it's Some of these comedians have spent a long time, like, I'd have to try and watch them again. Yeah. Um, it was either him or Trevor Noah that I, that I turned on and turned off, because yeah. it just didn't have the... Trevor knows pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's been Jimmy Carr, British comedy. Do you? I haven't watched Jimmy Carr. Oh, I've, I've, I know I've seen him on there, like on Netflix, just you know, click clicking. Jimmy Carr, Richard Iowati. Uh, that is the guy who plays Moss on the IT Crowd. Yes. Okay. I bet he'd be pretty him. funny. Yes. IT Crowd is one of my favorite shows. I've seen it like four or five times. How about we you? Have somewhere in a box is all of the seasons because I couldn't just have it. Like if Netflix took it away, <laughs> it wouldn't be okay with me. <laughs> I failed a lot of my last semester of college because me and my friend would just be like, let's just go watch IT Crowd. We just put IT Crowd and watched it. And that's when I was like, I'm not going back to school. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to go be in a rock band. Before we got this. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's worth it. IT crowd. That's a really good one. Yeah, so uh, you need to watch Richard Iowati in Travel Man, if you haven't already. Is that Netflix? Uh, no, you got a YouTube. Okay. This Channel 4, British Europe, Channel 4. And then the other one is Crystal Maze. Have you seen that one? I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, Crystal Maze. It's like Richard Iowati as the host of... Nickelodeon something or other it's hilarious it's great and he's got this little hand on the end of a cane so he doesn't have to like pulls this whole Howie Mandel so he doesn't have to Mandel like I can't fucking talk <laughs> Howie Mandel Howie Mandel <laughs> uh, yeah. he's a singer of Disturbed isn't he Howie Mandel is he doesn't he look know. like David Draymond mm. I believe it if you say so I hope I look like a total <laughs> moron for saying that hold up well while you're looking that up for anybody that's interested in comedy down here in yes and Mobile yes alright pay attention that's Howie Mandel oh yeah y'all see that it's Howie Mandel back porch comedy in Pensacola lead singer disturbed oh god spitting image <laughs> spitting image <laughs> <laughs> Slight difference in roundness of the head, but straight up. Oh, ah, 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 ah. Oh, wow. Ah, ah. If he's a germaphobe, they could switch places. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Perfect. All right. Man. Comedy. There's so many good ones. Gallagher was one of my favorites back in the day. Did you ever see Gallagher? My dad talks about Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Before he sold the thing to his brother. He was good old. I just heard he was like Carrot Top. Yeah, Before yeah. Carrot Top Smashed watermelons. He, he yeah. was the one that got angry on Marin's podcast, or was it Howard Stern? I don't know. Do you tell? Gallagher got... The, somebody asked him about if he was racist against Mexicans, I think. <laughs> and uh, he got mad and left. I think it might have been Mary's podcast. I'll look it up. You look it up. Stop there you go. Looking at your phone. You're no, that's all right. Now we've got a now we've got a <laughs> yeah. production team. Thank exactly. you so much. <laughs> this is perfect. Okay. This is how we recruit. This is how we recruit staff. Uh, Gallagher, mad as hell. <laughs> 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 
Gallagher mad as hell. That was uh, oh, that was one of his tours. Yeah, show. that was okay. one of his tours. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I can see it. I can see it being him. Cause Gallagher had went through some shit. Like he uh, he had all these tax problems at one point, and he sold his act to his brother, and then his brother sold it to somebody, and they sued each other, and just all kinds of crazy shit. As it goes. Yeah. <laughs> but the one time I saw him in Mobile, uh, my dad took my brother and I to see him, and it was rather influential. But then he took us to see Carrot Top, so I'm not sure what that says about my dad. But uh, but we got to see comedy. Where at uh, Mobile? In Sanger. Sanger? Sanger, yeah. Closest to comedy I saw at the Sanger, I saw Weird Al Yankovic when he came a couple years Fuck ago. Fuck yeah! Dude, people, when I, I tell people I went and saw Weird Al, and they're like, I'm like, oh no, I want to hear about this. One of the best shows I've ever seen. And yeah. I went with my brother, Travis, and we grew up like listening to Weird Al. Fuck yeah. Um, I don't know how, I, well, I think my b- buddy introduced him to me, but I was obs- one of the first CDs I ever bought. All right. Mm-hmm. Get this. Yeah, oh yeah, lay it on me. Talk back to Hang music. On. We're going to make sure we don't miss any more um, the YouTube thing. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. All we're right. good. First CDs I bought, right? New song, Greatest Hits, Christian Band, New Song. Newsboys, Greatest Hit. Christian Christian band. Weird Al Yankovic's Greatest Hits. <laughs> Two CD collection. I remember. I was a big Weird Al fan. But me and my brother went, and it was... Like, it starts off, everything went dark, and the cameras come up, and it's Weird Al singing his... The band is playing, and it's Weird Al singing his first song. I can't remember what it was, but he's walking outside the Sanger. He has a cameraman, and he's just walking by people, and they're like, you know, normal street people. And he comes walking in, and he... Comes running down the aisle, gets up on stage, just puts on a great show. Like, <laughs> my, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Cool. And he still sounds great, looks great. Mm-hmm. The band was awesome. His, uh, like, little bits and stuff. You know, they did all the stuff that I grew up with. Nice. But, that dude, consummate professional. Like, yes. And he's he can sing, too. Like, you think he's it. just a parody artist, but, like... The dude plays accordion. Like, you don't fuck around and play accordion. That's serious shit. Guitar, too, but his, you know, you gotta think, you gotta have pipes to cover all those Michael Jackson songs. Oh, yeah. His favorite band is Led Zeppelin, and I've heard he does, like, he'll just do a whole lot of love sometimes as his encore. (laughs) Which, think about seeing Weird Al's band do Led Zeppelin live. Wow. I was hoping he would do it, and he didn't. Ah. Another time. Still, that's very cool. Weird Al. Live at the Sanger. Did you see Jerry Seinfeld when he came to the Sanger? No. I heard the ticket prices were kind of ridiculous. I I never got that far. I would have liked to have seen him, though. He's he's one that I would enjoy seeing. I, um... He's kind of like a... He's going to end up being like Steve Martin and all those classic comedians. Yep. He's going to... Up in the... Mount Rushmore's and the Golden Halls. And Did you see their special, Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short? No, but I really want to. It's on my... I look up, I'm like, I'm going to make time for that. It's so good. It's I have to finish watching The Office first. I have to finish watching The Office first. Which one? American, UK? American. American. It's like a never-ending hell that I live in. That's the you only tell thing you will watch. We're <laughs> having a good time. Can you just be gone? <laughs> <laughs> My fiance, y'all. No, we should. We should, you should come over here and be on camera if you want to. Oh, God. I look so great. Well, yeah, you have to. It's your punishment. Come join us properly. Um, but, yeah, I've been watching The Office. Yeah. Which I've always loved The Office, and I've never watched it start to finish, and I'm almost through the eighth season, which I have one more season to go. It's been a long and arduous process. Many beers drank while watching that show. <laughs> 
Many a hangover. Many a hangover. Many a movie unfinished. Many a movie unfinished. Many this, many that. Many petty. <laughs> <laughs> me with a good time, sir. I love a good Manny Petty. Thanks. Look, now we're, we're all kind of in there. Yeah. See? Total. There we are. Thanks. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, The Office. Never seen the British one. I Never seen the British one. I don't like Ricky Gervais. No. His new special was pretty pretty good. I won't give him any of my money or time. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> there are plenty of others. There are plenty of others. I just he's just one of those ones I've never thought was funny. Oh, I love that enormous safety pin. It's very Versace of you. Is it? Versace stole some shit then. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I was thinking like Elizabeth Hurley, 1990s. She had this dress. It's like kind of famous that was like held together with like enormous safety pins. I'm pretty sure it was her. Taylor, soon to be Finley, everyone. <laughs> uh, no, people have been using diaper pins and kilts for, you know. Centuries. Yeah, longest lines have been around. Because uh, a kilt in the wind will uh, flash a kid faster than a pedophile. Right. Um, I mean, I feel it you. It happens. I've been to a picnic. Like, we have to weigh the tablecloths. <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't know that when I put one on the first time and it sailed away on me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah. It happened. And I've had to experiment with different kilt pin weights and positions. Worn dresses. Like, that's a good solution. Yeah. I, I would have I had no idea that's what that was for. When I started wearing dresses, that was the first thing I said to all the women in my life. Fuck y'all for not telling me how awesome this is. I mean, it's the best. <laughs> Everyone's like, you're really dressed up. I'm like, I literally just had to put this on. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> I tell people, it's like, you too can wear a towel in public as long as it's plaid and pleated. Exactly. <laughs> I'm comfy. Got my, tall, my short shorts on. And those, that works just as well. Works just as well. I had, I did wear a, uh, it wasn't a kilt. It was a Catholic schoolgirl skirt, but when I turned it sideways, it looked kind of kilty. It's close enough. Would wear that every now and then. It's close enough. I did not know that. It's comfy, isn't it? I would wear it, like, skateboarding and out being stupid with my friends, but yes, it was. Very comfy. And then I got fat and started digging in a little too much, and I mm -hmm. gave it to somebody. They might still have it. I don't know. I haven't talked to them in a long time. Elastic. Yeah. See, that's the way to go. <laughs> Like, he really gets it. Velcro. <laughs> Did I do that again? It's <laughs> uh, the only sound more terrifying than a shotgun in my house. <laughs> Don't look. <Yeah. laughs> Man, so we've kind of been all over the place, Taylor. I'm sorry we invited I, you in. I caught, like, the halfway point. So I heard about, like... Universal basic income. <laughs> right, that was us glancing off the top of politics and yes. moving on. Yeah, you know, she's the one that'll talk to politics. I just. I oh just, yeah, do you know that dude's name then? No, I don't. I see. Here's like candidate from Hawaii. I like don't Another one. like to read the news because it's like a serious bummer. Mm -hmm. But if something is interesting enough. I will read it. So I read a a lot of like random articles, but. I do have a degree in politics. I studied international politics in college. Oh, cool. And um, that I focused mainly on, like, the beginning of my degree, I focused on Latin America. And then 
the end of my degree, I focused on the Middle East. So So the D.A.R.E. campaign just steered you off the first one? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no more. <laughs> but I just, I kind of got out of it. I mean, I don't want to get like too like about anything, okay. but I just, it was really discouraging going through the election and people were being so ugly to one another. Mm -hmm. Like for people we had known for years, just like, well, you're a blah, 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 and all the name calling and everything like that. And I was like, yo, like we, I don't give a rip who you vote for. Like we can still be friends. And I, I still say this to this day, like I do not care as long as you take the time to go and vote. Because mm -hmm. I think even now people have become a lot more aware of how influential your vote is because you're not just voting like Republican, Democrat, you're voting on laws, on constitutional amendments on your mayor who especially here in Pensacola local politics is very big here and you know those people do make a difference especially when you're paying property taxes or whether or not you're gonna your water bill or electric bill is going to be higher all of that stuff comes into effect each cycle as mm -hmm. it rolls around so I think I realized that more as like time went on and I worked in politics and I kind of sort of work in politics now so it all is just one big revolving door. Of do we have the app yet that shows us government spending? Like do why don't we have a government app that you go to the government app? No, 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 people wouldn't want one. But here's why we should have one. Is because you could go to your government app and you could say, "Okay, my water bill this month." And then it's got all of the Wikipedia links built into it right. to show you why your water bill and your power bill and all this good stuff. And then it gives you the option. You get notifications. It's time to vote. What gets on my nerves is whenever we get, like, a water bill or a gas bill. Like, water bills basically say the same because they decide it based on, like, that percentage you use for those two months. But, like, my gas bill and the electric bill, we always have these, like, it'll be, like, city tax incentive or, like, city tax something. Twelve bucks. Yeah, like, we pay higher taxes living in the city rather than living out in the county, which is whatever. Like, it doesn't really matter. But, like... What are you using that $27 for? This could be in the government app. <laughs> so you punch in your zip code. But can you imagine... You see the spending. Can you imagine, like, trying to have that app created and, like, how long that would take? And, like, by the time they got around to making it, after, like, all of the log rolling that would go around, like, apps would be obsolete and it would Probably. just be useless at that point. The 17 years it would take them to all agree on the addendums to this law. The best one I've seen so far was uh, this kid went for, I think it was for a grad, graduate program. He came up with an app that uh, showed you the dollar amount in donations and where they came from for everyone in oh, every, all, all the, the elected officials. officials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's <laughs> good on that guy. I'm all for that stuff. And I mean, although that stuff is public record, but I told, today I decided that, like, what I'm calling my representative about. So, in the state of Florida, we're one of, like, eight states who still do depositions. And to put something out there, I work for the state attorney's office. And depositions are the gum that is, like, clogging the cog of justice, basically. Mm. Because I have cases that are two years old that are just being continued and continued and continued because it's like, 
oh, well, I need to set, set a deposition, oh, blah, 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 blah. If you have a sworn statement from someone, why are we dragging these people back in and back in over and over and over again, dragging a victim back in and over and over and over again, asking the same questions they've already been asked? It, like, what difference does it make at that point? So I think it's a really pointless process and it's like, it causes more harm than good because it causes the state more money and costs the state more money, excuse me, and it's just time consuming and it sucks, basically. I, so I believe it. Everyone, when that petition comes out, my name's on that, I'm going to need y'all to sign it. So <laughs> you heard it first here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of cutting out the red tape. Um, my my two cents on the political thing is that we re need to rewrite the entire Constitution. I'm uh, very Jeffersonian, and my Jefferson was the first person to espouse that every generation has the right to apply their own terminology to the law of the land as long as it's in keeping with the spirit of the morals and ideals of right. the of the country. And uh, I'm a firm believer that. Um, that octogenarians just need to quit fucking up kids' future. <laughs> just <laughs> plain like and <probably>. simple. <laughs> just plain and simple. I um, do think what is good about like our constitution is that it's very vague, and <laughs> even though it is basically based off of like, essentially, it's based off of the British government. Like we have used it to our own devices, but I do wish that we had like how the British have a committee system where. There's like not just two parties. We you need a parliament. Like... We need a parliament well, so we can get some a, good television. It is a good. It is a parliament. Like it is technically. So we just need better players, as we. I, I don't mean, know, yeah. man. They're the way their parliament is set up is just oh, more like the conducive. The talking to each other. Yeah, thing. they're just they're better at yelling at each other. They than really we are. are good at that part. It's very be entertaining to watch. It is British very entertaining. Parliament. Especially when you can call, like, you could call the Prime Minister in and just publicly shame him or her <laughs> for having a shitty position and then move on. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I think we need some more of that. I agree. Sorry. That would be really entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... There, there are lots of fun political. Yeah, me, me too. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, oh no shit! <laughs> like, have you heard about the Almond Brothers? Yeah. Weird Al Yankovic was covering the Almond Brothers <laughs> for his finale. Straight up is my personal favorite Almond Brothers bass player. Since we're talking about that now. <laughs> oh man! No, we... it's funny. I had never really heard of the Almond Brothers till we started dating. Yeah. Okay. So get this. <laughs> what? John Milham was talking about his son is getting is old, you know, and a, a teenager, and uh, John was shedding the songs, listening to it, and his mm -hmm. son was like, "That's the theme song to Top Gun." He uh, Top Gear, Top Gear, not Top Gun, Top Gear. He was doing playing Jessica, and I was like, "You know, that's what Taylor said." And I was, you know, Allman Brothers, and I playing Jessica. She's like, "Oh, Top Gear." <laughs> like you guys are missing oh, out. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm on get, your page. Don't feel bad. I'm, I'm get on your a page. a lot of hate if I like say this the way I usually say it. Everybody like, that's watching this has heard you say it once already. Well, like, I just don't really mesh with jam bands, but it's really like I don't have the attention span for it. Mm -hmm. Like, past three minutes and 49 seconds, I'm just kind of like, okay. Like, is the guitar solo over? And that's my thing. Like, guitar solos, I'm just like. So. When we got together, 
he was like asking me all these questions. Even like the first time we met, I couldn't name all four Beatles. I couldn't name anyone in Led Zeppelin. Like I hated was like, the Grateful I don't Dead. Know. <laughs> hated the Grateful Dead. Nah, and my dad's like from Texas, and he is like very much into like kind of rockabilly mm -hmm. sort of thing. And I got really into like neo soul, soul Motown, and like a jam band. I was just kind of like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> But I've definitely got much more of an open mind now. You've seen Government Mule twice or just once? Just one time. From that what, was when what we first got together. Seen? We've seen String Cheese together. We've seen String mm. Cheese. At Halloween. I've seen That's Government heavy. Mule. I've seen Hashtag Yellowhammer of Mule. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Brooks Hubbard quite a few times. He's oh. a one-man jam band. I know, right? <laughs> Love you, Brooks. Teddy, bro. <laughs> We're going to make him sit down for this sooner or oh, later. Dude. Brooks, I'm coming for you. That's going to Love be. you. Miss you. I'm trying to think. I mean, I try to avoid it. I feel all well, possible. Her, her that, that being said, the different styles that she got, that I got from her, and, you know, she's she's rubbed off on me. I've rubbed off on her. Like, my music, my taste in music is, just like she alluded to, is, like, directly from my parents. Um, my dad's favorite band was the Grateful Dead. My mom's favorite band was the Eagles. Um... So it's like it was like a lot of classic rock because my mm -hmm. parents are of that era. But and my parents really didn't listen to classic. Well, that's like, basically Steely Dan, right? What Grateful Dead and Eagles, Steely Dan. That would be Steely Dan, wouldn't it? Oh, oh that's that just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there. <laughs> no, Steely Dan's fine. But yeah, like Pink Floyd. I I grew up getting into like. The first CDs I ever listened to, like out on Boy Scout trips and stuff, when my parents finally let me see their CD collection, there was like Eric Clapton's Greatest Hits, Steve Miller Band, mm -hmm. Jethro Tull, Talk Grateful out. Dead, I've said them a million times, Charlie Daniels Band, and I just, those those were really like my foundation in rock and roll. Like, no. And then my dad got me into Jimi Hendrix, um, and then, you know, the older I got, my parents started opening up a little bit more. ACDC was there at the beginning, real, he real heavy. Mm hmm. Um, and then like the Almond Brothers are my favorite band and they came it's only been really in the past couple of years I would years say within like the last two years it was like it's something he was happened. like this is this band called the Almond Brothers and I was like that's the song from Top Gear and then he never shut it off like <laughs> <laughs> every day Mountain Jam was playing Dude, and I was God like is, what's happening <laughs> we, had, we had so many jokes about Mountain Jam is my favorite song ever but it, it was really kind of weird I just one day something just clicked and I was like the Almond Brothers just, that stuff is heavy, man. It's good. The music is there. The, the songs are there. But that's that was there. But before that, it was like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, which they're still, like, any of those bands could be my favorite band any, any day of the week. But that was like my rock foundation. And then Taylor bringing like the Sharon Jones and the James Brown playing in like her and Mose and Isaac and Lee, Ryan, you know, all these, all the these Beyonce, people. The Beyonce. Yeah. The Madonna. Like, I brought that all into his, like, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> girl power. But, uh, That's just, Spice Girls. Just all the same. Keep up. It's all the same. It ain't rock and roll. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, I've, I've gotten a little bit varied since he's then. definitely like especially when we first got together i was afraid to tell him like this is the music i listen to like i when he asked
asked me, like, well, what kind of music do you listen to? I purposely omitted, like, I was like, I'm not going to tell him Fleetwood Mac. Like, I'll just not tell Don't him say that. that. Don't say that. <laughs> I was like, I like Elvis. I'm like, what are some safe options that I can tell him that I like? First ones were... Uh, I said like Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky, Stone Temple Pilots, and Elvis were the first bands she told I me she liked. I think I said Sharon Jones, too. I, I remember saying that really early on. Remember Clutch? We were both like, we both like Clutch. Like, that's good. We that's found good. out that we had both been at a Clutch concert, like, at the same time when I was still in high school. Just like before we ever knew each other, and I always thought that was kind of funny, like how it all <laughs> comes around in a big circle. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. How long have we been going for? Eighty-four minutes. Nice. Flying away, fucking sting. What's going on here? Huh? <laughs> so what are you sting? What is this? Sting, the wrestler or the singer? Singer. Singer. Oh. Wrestler's better. <laughs> Red face, red face sting, better than white face sting. Oh, I need to get you together with Matt Mosley and some of my uh, my wrestling buddies. You need to get me together with your wrestling buddies. What? what? I'm wrestling more of a wrestling fan, fan than me. Oh, oh my mom wouldn't let me watch wrestling growing up. What? Yeah, she's like those girls are too much, too much sex. She, she didn't like the divas. She didn't mind the guys beating the hell out of each other, but she didn't like the divas. Wrestling is the devil. She's like, I wouldn't let your daddy watch this. So I'd like, big surprise. I would have it. I would be watching like Nickelodeon, but have uh, wrestling on recall. Be like watching Raw. <laughs> Who's? Hear, hear the footsteps. Like I'm watching Isle of Lucy, mom. I'm not watching this. <laughs> I remember the first WrestleMania I ever saw, and like seeing Ric Flair walk out in that mm-hmm. jacket, and I was like, oh my god, I gotta get one of those. <laughs> like, where do I get me a jacket Woo! like that? Woo! And then I saw him in person like two years ago, and he's scary looking. Yeah, didn't it's age like, well. His face went through a cheese grater a couple mm. times. Yeah, it's just all like, hmm. Looks like a tanned hide that never made it off the carcass. Like true. Definitely. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, y'all are going to have to come to the... We've got to do some kind of wrestling shenanigans. All my comedy friends, a couple of them in particular, are big wrestling fans. I mean, it is the best soap opera for men. There's a correlation there, isn't there? For sure. For sure. I don't know what it is, but I'm willing to find out. Entertainment. I would totally <laughs> sit down and talk about wrestling. I still keep up with it. I'm really into it. I just remember comics all, talk. All comics. my friends had like wrestling stuff. They had the NWO shirts and the Sting backpacks. Oh man, that's see, that's when I was getting out of it. Couldn't have any. Of I was stuff. old, old school. Hacksaw yeah. Jim Duggan, man. I met him. He's he's got the biggest hands I've ever seen. But really? He's so nice. Cool. Really sweet guy. I thought you were gonna say head. <laughs> no, no, no. That explains a lot. Kevin Nash was there last year. Was yes. it Kevin Nash? He I didn't meet him, the... but he walked by me. This, so, Kevin Nash is a big son of a gun. Like, huge. And we were in line to meet uh, Goku. Mm-hmm. He actually signed that picture of Goku right there. Cool. But, um, we were we were in line, and they were trying to come by. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. And he bent down. There was the woman in front of me was about that tall. And, you know, he's like that tall. So he comes down and he goes, excuse me. And she turns around all scared. She, he goes, thank you. And just walks right by her. We went to his little panel thing and he was probably one of the funniest people I had ever seen in my life. I mean, he was just like whip 
whip quick with all of his little quips and This jokes. is at Pensacon, by the yeah. way, yeah. that wasn't mentioned. We went to Pensacon. I'm a nerd, whatever. I missed it. I'm sorry I didn't get to come be a nerd with you. Was oh, it wonderful? Year. I'm it was going so to. so much fun. That was my first year going. I think I'm going to get tickets next year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we really, really costume. enjoyed it. I don't even need ready to go. The guys from the... Did you ever watch The Mighty Boosh? Nope. Well, you should check it out because it's really funny. It's okay. on Amazon. But um, they were there and they were really sweet. And I mean, everyone we met was just really nice. We met Prince Humperdinck from uh -huh. The Princess Diaries. He was super cool. Mm -hmm. And then I got him to watch a scary movie. Yep. Got I'll, him to watch, watch Fright Night. Fright Night. I was so excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Pensacon and the Rickmobile. I missed the Rickmobile when it came through town. What, Rick and Morty? Yeah. I didn't know the Rickmobile came through town. Mm, yeah. I was kind of bummed about that one. I recently got into Rick and Morty. But Pensacon was... Do they only do it once a year or twice a year? They do it once a year, but I think that they have like other little things that they're affiliated with, but I can't ever remember what they call what it's called. We always just go to Pensacon. It's like a great time of year. It's not hot, mm -hmm. usually. Or it's not very hot like it is now. And it's... Her dad's as into it as she is. So he... They, they yeah, my dad... Every year. Like, I'm a nerd. Like, I like wrestling and comic books and books. And, like, we have all of these Batman, Superman things. Those are all hers. They're all mine and they're all signed. And, um... Like, that's the kind of stuff that we do together. We get to do, like, nerdy, fun stuff. And it's, it's like, a good, like, bonding thing. Yeah. I'm crashing that bonding experience because it was a good time. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. We had so much fun. It's so, it's so wide. Like, it appeals to so many people. Like, they ha they make it that way. So, you kind of, I'm not that big a nerd. Like, mm -hmm. I guess, is that pop culture? Is that what, is it considered pop culture? I mean, yeah, now. Like, I'm not really... It's not, like, underground. <laughs> yeah, it's like Batman, Dragon Ball Z, and, like, random stuff. And there's not always someone like that there. Like, I, I went this year. Well, Spencer let me use this pass because the voice of Goku was there. And, like, Dragon Ball Z has been mm -hmm. with me for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but, and he yeah. was really skeptical. Let me throw this out here. He was it's being, just... like, a punk about it. And I was like... First of all, it's fun. Like, it is great. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, all the panels and stuff. It's like, it's like Doctor Who. Like, I've never watched an episode. Well, I have watched an episode of Doctor Who. But, like, Doctor Who's not my thing. Um, I'm not that big into anime. And that's what a lot of it, you know, Harry Potter. Like, I love Harry Potter, but I'm not one of those, you know, I'm not a huge fan. And it's like so much super fandom there. It kind of turned me off. I was like, well, I just wouldn't have a good time. Mm. But... I, you know, I went and I had a real good time. <laughs> so, you boys going next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there with you. There we go. Be there with you. All right, before we lose the tape, this has been a pleasure. Yes, And uh, for the fastest turnaround on round two and uh, and the quickest setup to round three because now we got to cut you out and just do a politics show. Sound good? Oh, that sounds really fun. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, y'all have fun. You'll have a lot of fun with me. <laughs> we'll see how many people we can bore to death. Because that's right up my alley. Let's just see how many people we can piss off. Right up my alley. See what the ratio is. No, I'd oh, just I'm rather, sure. like, talk about, like, a lot of, like, constitutional history and, like, tie that back into, like, modern just talking about politics, history. Y'all have so. a great time. We'll make that happen. We, we, I've got this. <laughs>
But if you ever want to talk about your favorite Led Zeppelin record, you know you can just come back here. Well, <laughs> we will get together most definitely after June 29th. We should, we'll should we talk to some of the other people involved and maybe do something after the Allman Brothers or before the Allman Brothers show because that's going to be a fucking good time. It's we really, should do something over in Mobile. Yeah. Like we got a Big Jam show coming up next month too yeah. at the Brickyard. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Jam Space Drivers. I don't we, have the date actually. Next month. You have That's my right. phone. Big Jam Space Drivers. We know their website. We can make that happen. Is it the right. yeah, the nineteenth? It'll be the nineteenth. Very cool. The nineteenth of July. That's a Saturday. It's a Thursday. Thursday. Good. That's. Turn uh, up on a Thursday, everyone. Not. Not the night of Stingers comedy. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye, YouTube. Alvita Zane. Bye, Facebook. We will see you later. Like and and for everybody in... Yeah. <laughs> see, I don't have any subscribers or likers. So fucking... uh, until next time, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for joining us. Truth, love, and peace.